Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Fire at a homeless camp. It was... A nightmare, a complete nightmare. Allegations of arson as a dispute with neighbors heats up. The coldest February. It can actually be very life-threatening. What temperature extremes are telling us about climate change. And a musical prodigy. Meet the boy wonder doing what no 11-year-old ever has. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We'll get to those stories in just a moment. But first, the pictures were dramatic. A child dangling from a chairlift on Grouse Mountain. His rescue inspiring. And this afternoon, those quick-thinking young heroes who jumped into action were recognized. Our Jordan Armstrong was there for it. And Jordan, it turns out... There were a lot more people helping out in that moment than we thought. We've told you about the heroic actions of the five boys on Wednesday, but it turns out a couple of adults also played key roles in the rescue. Today, all seven were honored by the president of Grouse Mountain. Their story, of course, is getting international attention. The video seen around the world, an eight-year-old boy dangling from a chairlift. Fortunately, the group of seven down below knew exactly what to do. They convinced the young boy to kick off his skis and let go of the chair and fall into a piece of out-of-bounds netting, cushioning the terrifying fall. While all of the attention has so far been on the boys and their quick thinking, it was actually Peter Pian's idea to grab that rescue net. Danielle McKinney also helped out. We spoke to them and the boys late this afternoon. I just wanted to acknowledge Peter because it's a big story about the boys, but this man actually was the one who grabbed the fence and brought it over to me and we held it. So I just wanted to give him the credit he deserves. Everybody happy. Yeah, yes. this is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah. Oh, we got this sweater. Uh, yeah, sweater, sweater and, tubes. Tubes. and a pass a which can't be used, but it says uh, Grouse got, Hero on it. And they gave me a $240 credit to use on that. Oh. Yeah. You guys feel like heroes? Uh, kind In of. these sweaters, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> All seven were given honorary Grouse Hero passes as well as complimentary seasons passes for next ski season. Danielle and Peter didn't know each other before Wednesday, but they say this experience has made them friends. They plan to go skiing together next year. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. What a great story. Thanks, Jordan. Well, a third fire in 72 hours at a controversial homeless camp in Maple Ridge is fueling tensions in the neighborhood. Fire investigators now trying to determine what caused the latest fire at Anita Place. And while there is damage, thankfully there were no injuries. Those who live there blame the city for an increasingly dangerous situation. Jill Bennett is live with more on this for us tonight. Jill, the city recently took away propane tanks and other sources of fuel, but there may be some unintended consequences. 
that's what residents here are saying, Chris, that when the city and fire crews took those devices away and cut the heat to a communal tent on the property, that left residents here having to stay warm in any way possible. That may have led to the dangerous conditions that sparked the fire. This was the scene overnight. Flames spreading through the encampment on St. Anne Avenue and 223rd. It's the third fire in a 72-hour span. In a matter of seconds, there was smoke and then flames coming down from the ceiling, wrapping around the wall. It was a nightmare, a complete nightmare. The latest fire started just days after officials with the city of Maple Ridge, along with fire crews, accessed the camp to enforce a court injunction, removing almost 100 propane tanks and other fire hazards. It was a move many here called heavy-handed, one they say actually made the situation more dangerous. People are not going to freeze to death. They're going to find ways to keep warm. The camp has been here since 2017, but some of those living nearby say things have become more tense lately. Well, I was out last weekend cleaning up the ditch. There's nothing but um, needle containers and uh, bottles full of urine, um, bags full of feces. Um, it's still there. The real solution to this is housing. They've just built a bunch of rental housing across the street. We're asking for BC Housing to buy that rental housing and provide it for people who are living in the camp and others who are homeless. Lawyers who have been fighting for those living at the camp want to stay in the enforcement order until they can go back to court. In the meantime, they say the living conditions need to improve. The residents have been very clear in their demands for housing. Um, and that is something that uh, they are still waiting on. In the interim, the bare minimum is for the city to um, provide heat for people that works in tent heaters and to not unreasonably deny heat sources as they have been doing in the past. As for the latest in the string of fires to start at the Anita's Place camp, the cause remains under investigation. And residents here are also floating the idea that there is the possibility the fly fire was deliberately set, saying because it started in an unoccupied structure and a structure very close to the edge of the camp, they worry that it might be the result of ongoing tensions between the camp and the neighborhood. That's all part of the investigation. Chris? All right, Jill, thank you. Fire also gutting a popular restaurant near Campbell River. The flames ripped through the Salmon Point restaurant and pub early this morning. Business, which has been open since 1982, is located about 20 kilometers south of Campbell River. It's not clear at this point what started the fire, but thankfully there were no injuries. Provincial Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson is apologizing today for comments he made about renting in B.C. that had many calling him elitist and out of touch. The pushback sparked when the B.C. Liberal leader described renting as a rite of passage and wacky. Richard Zussman has more on how Wilkinson is explaining what he said and why, for some, it's not enough. I was a renter for 15 years. I lived in a dozen different rentals. It was challenging at times, but it was fun. It was it's the clip getting a lot of attention. Life. It's kind of a wacky time of life, but it can be really enjoyable. Being a renter is a fact of life. It's a rite of passage. And not the sort of attention Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson wants. Now, two days after making the comments described by many as out of touch, he's apologizing. 
Sort of. Oh, if people misunderstood my remarks to be at all critical, then I, I'm sorry about that. Wilkinson says he was speaking of his own experience, not the world as a whole. But that's clearly not how renters see it. The online feedback has been swift and one-sided, many weighing in under the hashtag wacky time, describing the struggles of being forced to move and finding ways to pay rent. It did leave a, a sense with many that you're simply not in touch with what British Columbians are facing. How out of touch can one be to think that renting a home is a rite of passage or a phase that one goes through? Danielle Berg has rented her entire adult life. Wilkinson's comments a long way from her reality. We are young professionals that have decent jobs in Victoria, but right now, renting is just a reality for us. Now in Metro Vancouver in the Victoria area, the vacancy level for rentals is close to zero. And the fear of being booted from your home is a reality. It's not a fun situation knowing that uh, your landlord could decide to move into your accommodation at, and give you three months notice. When asked, Wilkinson says he was surprised by the reactions to his comments, adding it's just a big misunderstanding and he will continue to work on making renting a viable part of people's lives at an affordable price. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. Ottawa has greenlit an extradition hearing for Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou. The federal government had until midnight tonight to decide whether to approve the proceedings. The arrest of the Chinese telecom giant's chief financial officer happened in Vancouver in December at Washington's request. Meng is accused of conspiring to violate international sanctions against Iran. She is scheduled to appear in Supreme Court next Wednesday to set a date for her extradition hearing. She's currently under house arrest in Vancouver. And turning to federal politics now, a major blow for the NDP. A second NDP MP announcing this week he won't be running in the fall election. Keith Baldry joins us from Victoria for more on this. And Keith, today it's Nathan Collins saying he's out. Yep. Yeah, not a big surprise. It's been rumored for some time. Uh, he joins a number of others uh, taking the exodus from the federal level of politics. But he's the second guy this week and a major part of the NDP caucus to say he's not going. So Nathan Cullen today, a 15-year veteran. Yesterday, it was uh, longtime Victoria MP Murray Rankin also announcing he's not going to be uh, running again in the fall election. So a big blow to, uh, to the NDP. We caught up with Nathan Cullen at his home uh, via Skype today. He says, look, there's still other talented people remaining in caucus and it's just basically time for him to go. I think there's a lot of strong voices that will remain. I think Peter Julian, Charlie Angus, folks like that will be uh, excellent representation. But it's a lot of the people who are leaving the caucus are leaving because they're either near or past retirement age or like me, they've served for quite a number of years and it's just time. And that might sound strange to some people, but I also know it feels right. Well, apparently it has felt right for 13 MPs who've <laughs> already announced uh, they are not running. Uh, how will that potentially impact the NDP's fortunes and Jugmeet Singh's fortunes? Yeah, well, it's a bit of a disaster, quite frankly, for the federal NDP. I think the reason a number of these people are leaving is they see what's going to happen in the fall. Uh, the party has not been tracking well in the polls. It's had fundraising problems. It seems to have a morale problem with a, vet a number of veterans leaving, whether it's uh, Nathan Cullen, uh, Murray Rankin, Tom Mulcahy. The list goes on. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a, again, bad news for Jugmeet Singh. Even though he won that by-election in Burnaby South, and congratulations to him, he's got a long road ahead of him to get back to anywhere near the seat count they have going into that. That, uh, election in the fall.
All right, thanks for that, Keith Baldry in yeah. Victoria. Meantime, the Jody Wilson-Raybould controversy continues to resonate in Ottawa with another cabinet shuffle today. In the most high-profile move of the day, Lawrence McCauley gets the nod to take over the Veterans Affairs portfolio, which was last held by Wilson-Raybould before she resigned from Cabinet over the SNC-Lavalin affair. Taking over for McCauley as Agriculture Minister is Marie-Claude Bibot, who becomes Canada's first female Agriculture Minister. Well, the South Coast gets made fun of a lot when we complain about snow and cold temperatures. Vancouver did officially just experience its coldest February ever. In fact, cold records were set all over the province last month. And as Aaron MacArthur reports, it's not just the frigid temperatures that are setting new records. March 1st, there are no cherry blossoms. Entire streets barren. Daffodils struggling to push through the frozen ground. Last month will go down as the coldest February ever recorded. The mean average temperature sits at 0.4 for us this month. It surpassed a record of 0.8 that was set back in 1989. The Arctic air started early. The first snowfall hitting the lower mainland on the 3rd. We never really snapped out of it. The snow was followed by cold and more snow and more cold. It made for some unhappy people. It's a little chilly. The, the actual temperature is not so bad, but when that wind picks up, it gets pretty cold. Well, it's beautiful, but I'm ready for a break already. <laughs> the records fell in Metro Vancouver and around the province. It was the coldest February for Prince George, for Williams Lake and Abbotsford, and more than 30 centimeters of snow fell at YVR, making February 2019 top 10 snowiest of all time. Not quite record-breaking, 61 centimeters was set back in 1949. The cold was especially hard on the most vulnerable. Warming centers were open all month, and at the Union Gospel Mission, the emergency shelter was full every night. And for our guests, any cold snap can be really difficult, but when a cold few days turns into a cold month, it can actually be very life-threatening. March hasn't come in like a lion, but it certainly isn't a lamb either. Colder than normal temperatures expected well into next week. Late winter golf. Looking a little iffy. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. It'll be a while before you have to take the clubs out there. Okay, there's a growing body of evidence now, Christy, that links these weather patterns to climate change. Mm -hmm. And I know you're, you've been studying that extensively for the last little while. Yeah, we sure have. It's been very odd, that's for sure, Chris. Uh, so... We saw a prolonged cold, not only across BC, but across all of Canada, and it really is piquing the interest of climatologists. Here's why. A healthy jet stream would typically move, kind of like a snake, bringing periods of warm and periods of cold. But this past February, that didn't happen. Instead, it was like the jet stream became weak or lazy, not moving much out of this position. Now, this is something climatologists have been predicting for years now. Prolonged and extreme weather patterns would become more frequent with climate change. And now there's research linking these two. You see, the jet stream is strongest when there's a large temperature difference between the Arctic and the equator. But the Arctic is warming and the temperature difference is shrinking. And research suggests that this is causing the jet stream to weaken also. And these lazy and prolonged positions in the jet stream are also responsible for flooding, drought and heat. It really just depends on where you live.
Fascinating stuff, and uh, I know you keep an eye on it here over the next little while. Thanks very much, Christy. We'll check in later. Ripley, the space dummy is ready to ride the race to build a new space taxi, and who's really going to be on and board lift for off. tomorrow's test flight? Coming up later on the news hour. Also tonight, a garbage truck gets trashed in a crash caught on camera. But first, you know we've all heard the saying, eat your fruits and vegetables, but it seems a growing number of us aren't listening. According to a new study by UBC researchers, Canadians' consumption of fruit and vegetable, fruits and vegetables has dropped over the last decade. Catherine Urquhart explains some of the reasons experts believe it might be happening. Vegetables and fruits are considered essential parts of a healthy diet. Most of us really like them. How often yeah. are you eating vegetables? Four or five times a week. I love kiwi, avocado. Avocado is my favorite. I can live on avocado. But a new study shows Canadians are eating 13% fewer fruits and vegetables. That from UBC researchers who compared data from 2004 with data from 2015, taken from 50,000 Canadians. Rates of food insecurity have increased in Canada uh, since 2004, and there's data to suggest that the cost also of the food basket has gone up over time, and unfortunately it's those food items that are often uh, more expensive, like fresh fruits and vegetables. One exception, we're eating more dark green and orange vegetables. I make a uh, kale salad with black kale and carrots and onions and avocado. I love uh, peppers and I love cauliflower, zucchini. Also noted in the study, we're eating more meat and meat alternatives. We've cut back on dairy products and we're consuming fewer sugary drinks. Canadian adolescents are, are drinking less of those sugary beverages and those were the age groups that we found in 2004 were the highest consumers of these particular beverages. The message? Make an effort to increase your vegetable and fruit intake. Consider buying frozen, which is often less expensive, because a nutritious diet is one of the best ways to maintain a healthy body. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. The Better Business Bureau has released its list of top 10 scams and how to avoid them. And there's a new number one. You're going to love this. Romance scams jumped to the top spot from number three, costing North Americans $22.5 million. Nearly a third of victims were used as so-called money mules asked to transfer cash. The number two scam, the Canadian Revenue Agency or income tax scam costing $6 million. Victims get threatening calls, texts, and emails telling them to transfer money or buy gift cards to pay back taxes. Of course, the CRA doesn't operate that way. And at number three, online purchases costing $3.5 million. The BBB says make sure the websites are legitimate and beware of deals that sound too good to be true. Unfortunately, another record-breaking year uh, for the devastation that has been caused by scams. Our statistics show that over 50,000 scams were reported on the BBB scam tracker across North America last year. And this includes almost 2,000 in Canada and uh, over 300 in British Columbia alone. The BBB says scams once mostly targeted seniors and new immigrants, but social media is allowing scammers to hit everyone, including millennials and Generation Z. Speaking of young achievers, the newest performer with the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra certainly qualifies. That's right. Da Wei Chan made his debut as a soloist last night 
At the tender age of 11, John Waugh has the story. Like most ordinary 11-year-olds, Dawei Chan loves his video games. And we mean a lot. But swap Super Smash Brothers for strings and a bow. And witness something truly extraordinary. It, t- it takes you on a musical journey, and it brings you somewhere, uh, somewhere to your heart. Like a symphony that balances passion, natural talent, and hard work in perfect harmony, Chan has quickly become a star student at the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra School of Music. You don't get a lot of students like this in a lifetime. There's, there's no end to what he can learn and what he's going to be able to do. And this pint-sized performer is already getting the opportunity. Invited to be the youngest soloist to ever play with the VSO. There's 3,000 seats in the Orpheum. It's a big hall. To play in front of a crowd that big can be a huge thing. Doesn't seem to phase him at all. He's cool as a cucumber. So how does someone so young handle that kind of pressure? First, their support from the orchestra. I don't just know them by their first name and last name. I know their personality and how friendly they can be. Most importantly, there's his actual family, also all musicians, standing with him the entire way. Music has basically became the true glue for our our family. This is what binds us together. Pre-concert video games help too. Hopefully I'll just do awesome. And when it was finally the moment of truth, this mini maestro did not miss a beat. John Hua, Global News. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Mexico's Popocatapetl volcano lights up the night sky, erupting with a powerful explosion sending gas, ash, and fragments into the air. It's one of Mexico's most active volcanoes. The eruption lasted about three hours. Residents of nearby communities are advised to cover their noses and mouths if ash begins to fall. Police in Florida are looking for a hit-and-run driver responsible for a horrendous crash caught on video. The security camera at a Sarasota hotel captures a minivan making a U-turn into oncoming traffic and clipping another car, sending it cartwheeling into the parking lot. The car clipped some other vehicles and landed on its roof. The 19-year-old driver critically injured and the van simply drove away. And then there's this frightening crash of a fully loaded garbage truck. Home security video shows the truck barreling out of control and flipping. At one point, it was heading toward a child care center, but was diverted by some large rocks in front. The driver has been charged with reckless driving and endangerment. Police say he was going too fast. 
Hollywood is mourning a beloved television actor who was a fixture in a number of hit sitcoms. I'm cooking breakfast. Actress Catherine Hellman died at the age of 89 of complications from Alzheimer's disease. In the 1970s, she starred as Jessica Tate in the groundbreaking sitcom Soap, a parody of soap operas. She enjoyed greater success playing Mona in Who's the Boss? Helmand won two Golden Globes and was nominated for seven Emmys during her career. Who's the Boss co-star Tony Danza is calling her a national treasure. Well, in Health Matters tonight, March is Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month in Canada, bringing attention to the second leading cause of cancer death in men and the third leading cause in women. A UBC researcher is now recruiting patients for a new study into the deadly disease. And as Linda Aylesworth reports, she has a very personal reason for her mission. That is, um, that bag contains um, a bottle of chemo. This was not the way Dr. Mary Devera's idyllic life was supposed to go. I, I just had a baby. I, I'm trying to get back to a, a job and a career that I love. I don't have time to have cancer. But cancer has a way of making you find time. At the age of 36, Mary had been diagnosed with stage 3 colorectal cancer. The treatment, radiation therapy, chemotherapy, and surgery. Even though I was going in for a major operation, my fear at the time was I was going to miss her first steps. But she saved her first steps for me. And the treatment saved Mary. Three years after diagnosis, she's back at work as a researcher at UBC's Faculty of Pharmaceutical Sciences, but with a different focus involving the shortcomings she experienced in accessibility to information during her cancer journey. There were information that, you know, I, I still questioned. And then there was information that I don't think I received that then I found myself searching for. She wanted to know if other colorectal cancer patients had experienced the same challenges and learn what information they needed. So she designed an online survey. But these are questions about like, what was um, this information that you got? about the location of the cancer. In just three months, over a thousand people worldwide have participated. Most would call that a success, but... Of the thousand participants we have, uh, only about 180 are from Canada and only 52 from BC. I would like to do better in Canada. The more Canadians participate, the better Dr. Devera can help cancer physicians and organizations serve their patients. That anger that I had at the beginning, I think now I'm channeling that anger. Um, and now it's the, okay, I'm going to do something about it with research. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. The team from UBC is back home and celebrating tonight after winning a prestigious international competition. Even more impressive, the champions are an all-female team in a traditionally male-dominated industry. The team took first place in an international mine rescue competition at the Colorado School of Mines. The team is made up of mining engineering students who've been training at BC's new Afton Mine near Kamloops and have been on rescue duty during their co-ops. Mine rescue can obviously be extremely dangerous and can involve firefighting, first aid, the jaws of life and rope rescue. We're the first ever all-female student team ever in Canada, but the States had one a few years back. But uh, it was really cool to bring a bunch of girls together and win. So, so there's some pride there. Oh, yeah, just a little bit. Just so. a little bit. Yeah. The fact that we can jump in and help and try and keep our people safe, it's, um, it's huge. It's something you hope you never have to do, but knowing that we're able to, it um, gives us a little more confidence as engineers, I think, going into the field. 
The UBC team defeated squads from across Canada, the U.S. and Europe. They plan to be back in Colorado in two years to defend their title and they're hoping to field another all-female team. People are just, we're ready. After the forecast, how a smart dummy named after an iconic science fiction character could help restart U.S. manned spaceflight. That's coming up in just a moment. A smart dummy. I think a I've smart been, dummy. I've been called that before. <laughs> well, usually people are or just dummy. Are referring to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us. We talked about that cold February, but we've had some beautiful sunny days at least. Yeah, there's a bit of a trade-off there for sure. Big Arctic Ridge clearing the skies but dropping the temperatures. Uh, this is the sunset right now, by the way. Can you see this little uh, wisp, though? Thought I would point that out. That's actually Virga. So a little bit of rain or snow was falling from uh, that cloud, but then it evaporated. And I actually have a glimpse of it just about 10 minutes ago. You can see a little bit more of it. Kind of neat, right? Maybe that's just geeky, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, these are your temperatures for today. Under that sunshine, we did warm up. 10 degrees out in Alder Grove, but we were still well below seasonal. So at the airport, for example, 6 degrees. Normally, we would be reaching se uh, sorry 9. Um, as we head into the next couple of days, not much is going to change. Still, we have this Arctic front that's going to drop down. In fact, that's going to bring in a slight chance of flurries to the Fraser Valley tomorrow. Nothing in terms of accumulation. We're talking about just a few flakes falling from the sky but it does mean also arctic outflow winds once again and this pattern that i showed you earlier is holding it's going to weeble and wobble a little bit in the next couple of days but generally we're going to see cold air until yes finally a change it looks like as we head towards mid-march we'll finally see a change in this jet stream and we'll start to warm up a bit and we may make our way to seasonal temperatures or maybe even a bit above that but here's your saturday everyone so highs of minus 19 in fort st john well below seasonal and we are going to see that arctic air plummet down into the south but um Sunday for you here will be even colder by a couple of degrees. South coast, a high of six degrees. We'll see some cloud cover tomorrow, but otherwise we're looking at mainly sunny skies, dry, cold Arctic air, but a finally a little bit of a warming towards the middle of uh, March. Now I wanted to show you this shot in comparison. This was last night's sunset, equally stunning. Thanks, Dale, for that one. Having a good run. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Christy. Well, tonight's a big night for NASA and the U.S. space program. An overnight launch of the first of two test flights that could pave the way to the first manned space mission from U.S. soil in nearly eight years. Sitting on the same pad used to launch Apollo and space shuttle crews, the SpaceX rocket and Dragon crew vehicle that NASA is banking on to send Americans back to the space station. But first, this unmanned test flight to prove to NASA the Dragon is safe to one day carry astronauts. Uh, I can't begin to explain to you how exciting it is for a test pilot to be on a first flight of a vehicle. Uh, and. You know, we'll, we'll be ready when SpaceX and NASA is ready for us to fly it. Going along for the ride, a mannequin astronaut named Ripley, fully wired to monitor the G-forces and stress that a human may one day experience. If all goes well with this unmanned test, SpaceX hopes to be launching astronauts from the Space Center as soon as this summer. 
American astronauts haven't lifted off in an American rocket since the shuttle was retired in 2011. Now SpaceX and Boeing have NASA contracts to do the job. Boeing's test flight is set for next month. But even though SpaceX has already launched 70 successful unmanned missions Tobacco and marijuana. after CEO Elon Musk smoked marijuana during a live interview last year, NASA ordered a complete safety review. Tonight, with Dragon sitting atop a Falcon rocket, SpaceX is preparing to prove it's up to the job. Tom Costello, NBC News at the Kennedy Space Center. It's going to be exciting. Okay, so the name of that mannequin. Ripley. Yes, science fiction fans, and we have one right here. It, Ripley, of course, from Alien. That's the character that Sigourney Weaver played. That's right. She is a badass. She is. TV. She is. Do you remember <laughs> the line? Do you remember the line I, that she said? I don't think I can say it. Get on. away from her, you dog that can have puppies. Squire with sports. Yes, let's begin because the curtain will rise on a new Vancouver Whitecaps season tomorrow, 3 o'clock at BC Place against Minnesota. What will the Caps be like? Well, they won't be like last year's team. Pretty much everything is different, even the style of play. Carl Robinson liked that counterattacking style. Absorb punishment, capitalize on the other team's mistake. New coach Mark DeSantos, he likes to be the one going forward, not counterattacking. When asked today what he has to say to fans about tomorrow, he said this. Show up. <laughs> Man, like, like we're going to do, I promise we will, we will be here. I promise we're going to be, and our guys are excited about it, and our guys are going to be very disappointed if we don't get what we want to get. It reminds me of uh, opening day back in 2011. Uh, we were an expansion team then, but we, it's kind of the feel that we, we're an expansion team again. Uh, the turnover of players, uh, a new manager at the helm, and again, this is a new look Whitecaps. This, this isn't just a new look team. I think you know the organization is refreshed, um, and we're excited to, to basically establish this new identity in the MLS. All right, Carey Price. We'll be talking about him in Satellite Debris. Good guy, and he likes to keep clean even before the game. Washing up, that's good. That's good hygiene. That's very important. And that's a good goal by Brendan Gallagher. 1-1, Habs in New York. Yoel Armia. Three goals tonight. This is the middle one. You get another one. 4-2 final, Montreal beats New York. Tonight is the semifinals in the girls' AAA basketball tournament out in Langley. It's basically... Can anyone beat unbeaten Semiamu? And how much does having an Olympic and national team coach help you? Well, judging by how Semiamu wins, it helps a lot. No easy threes, because they shot three well last night, but we don't give up easy threes, and then we're rebounding and running. Hit tough D. Once a coach, always a coach. Allison McNeil thought she was done after leading the Canadian women's national team to the 2012 Olympic Games. It seemed a perfect time to step away after 25 years as a high-level basketball coach, which included a decade leading Canada. But retirement didn't last long. I got a call from Brian Lee, who was uh, working Vancouver Sports Club as basketball, and he said, hey, would you come by and work a little bit with my girls' team? And it was a, a vast majority of these kids, and um, I think they were about grade five. So I kind of dropped in, helped out, and he hooked me. I didn't know he was, he was doing it. But, and then I was just going to stay and help a little bit with the club, and Laurie Padgett, who's the teacher coach at Semi Ammon, called me and said, hey, can we meet at Starbucks, and would you like to help? And so they hooked line and sinker. They got me to, to come in and help. It helped that McNeil has known most of the team through club basketball the last six years, and they just happen to be super talented. 
Combine that with the most successful women's coach in Canadian history, and you've got an unstoppable team. They have not lost this season. I think I've tried to empower them and to say, hey, you know, try things, be experimental. Like it's high school basketball, we want to do well, but we also want to be, you know, trying to be better and test our limits, and it's been fun. Her teaching methods are really, like, calm and poised. She teaches us to play the game really calm and poised, and she, sometimes she'll yell at us, but she's never, like, angry at us. It's always, like, to improve us. We take it for granted sometimes, I can't lie, but um, for sure we are so fortunate. It's, it's the best coaching in ever. <laughs> it's almost like McNeil was destined to coach this team and she's got the pictures to prove it. One time with the national team they were the little girls that walk out and stand in front of our team so I have that picture and I think they might have been grade three or four and they're all standing in front of my national team athletes and I had no idea I'd be coaching them. McNeil says she will keep coaching this team for two more years until that group of kids she first saw many years ago graduate high school. This is just so much fun because just to see them grow and, and I'm so passionate about basketball and so when you get to work with other kids and share your passion and share their passion that's that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> you think this is different? How about this? Drew Nesbitt, Ontario guy at the Honda Classic. I know that tan. I know it well. Not that body, but that tan. Anyway, he's in the water. He took his shirt off because he doesn't want to get his shirt messy. I don't think he had a shirt deal, but after getting this kind of TV time, he'll get a shirt deal and a tanning salon deal. I'm sure of it. And what was with the giant shrimp? Uh, it's uh, for one of the uh, golfers who is nicknamed the Giant Shrimp. Oh. Yeah, or the Jumbo Shrimp. The Jumbo, the Jumbo Shrimp. Oh. Anyway, actually, Nesbitt made the cut. Oh, Adam Stenson of Surrey at this tournament? Yeah. He is uh, only two off the lead right now after two rounds. There well, there you go. Thanks, Squire. You're welcome. Let's check in with Jay Durant for a look ahead to Global News at 11. Jay? Thank you, Sophie. We'll have more tonight on the Grouse Mountain Heroes, who've been recognized for their efforts to help a boy who's left dangling from a chairlift. And a vigil is being held tonight in Nanaimo for Michaela Chang. She's the 16-year-old girl who went missing nearly two years ago. Her body was found two months later. Her death remains a mystery. We'll have an update on her story when you join us tonight at 11. So, Chris. All right. Thanks very much, Jay. Here's your snow report for today. Lots of new snow across southern BC mountains, except for the south coast. Whistler Blackcomb just picked up one centimeter and Cypress three. Revelstoke did receive six centimeters of new snow. Fernie, 15. Manning Park, nothing new, but Whitewater, 29 centimeters. Big White picked up 14 centimeters, Silver Star 7. Kicking Horse, Mount Washington, nothing new, but Powder King got a light dusting with one. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so here's the story. 11-year-old um, Anderson Whitehead of Ontario, he's a huge Montreal Canadiens fan. He unfortunately lost his mother mm -hmm. last November to cancer. His mother always thought he should meet his hero, Carey Price, through a series of... Hookups, they were able to get Anderson to a Montreal Canadiens pregame skate, and Carey Price knew he was going to be there, and here's what happened. Thank <laughs> you. 
hugged him and talked to him. He loaded him up with signed goalie gear. He signed his shirt. Wow. That's a good DC boy, Carey Price, right there. I'm not crying. And that kid will never forget that. No. Ever. No kidding. Allergy. It's allergies. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. We'll try to lighten it up then. Um, this commercial from McDonald's showing that it doesn't matter how old you are, flirting is still a part of life. Hey, you're late again. Four minutes. You're always late the exact amount of time. You're not late. Uh, no, you're always late. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Nine o'clock, nine o'clock, nine o'clock. Shh, don't stare. You just took a you're, quick look. You're ogling her. Watch me. Hey, look who's early for once. Look what the cat dragged in. Hey, here's your paper. You can't stare at her dressed like that. Come on, shape up a little. Oh, down. don't bother me. Whoa, look at you. Oh, something landed on your head. You oh. are a left riot, aren't you? <laughs> Sharp you. looker. She's here again. She must have a reason. What? Who's that? Not much of a dresser. You know, it's a bad idea to get a toupee from mail order. This is top of the line, be costs measured. a lot of money. Uh, excuse me, it's so crowded here. Would you mind terribly if I sat down? Oh, no, go right ahead. My name's Jack, by the way. What's yours? <laughs> I'm Grace. Glad to meet you. Doesn't even know her. Oh, you wanted the same thing I did. <laughs> Fate. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. She must like beards. You should have put that thing on your chin instead of your head. Classic. I like that. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, speaking of classics, we dug uh, for this one as well. I don't know how many times I've run the E-Trade Baby. Not enough. Very, and they had, did a whole bunch of E-Trade Baby commercials. I don't think they do them anymore. The baby grew up. You know, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. So anyway, while he was still cute, he did one of these. I'm in a timeout because apparently riding the dog like it's a small horse is frowned upon in this establishment. Luckily, though, I, you know, I can conceal this bad boy underneath my blanket just so I can get on E-Trade, check my investment portfolio, research stocks, and set conditional orders. Wait, wh why are you taking... Oh, I see. Hey, Max, would it kill you to throw a guy a warning bark? You know, I wanted a bird. E-Trade. Investing Unleashed. <laughs> this is so good. Uh, whoever thought of that idea was brilliant. Where's yeah. the E-Trade baby now? He's like 36. He's got a wife, a kid. It's great. Work as an accountant. <laughs> yeah. well, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. A trader. Some He's probably a trader yeah, somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That one always kinds of kind of reminds me of the bad lip sync guys. So... Yes. I don't know if you got right. some of that, and you do have some of that. Oh, I got like some of that. I, I could bring that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah bad lip reading. Yes, we have Can that too. Can I make too. a request too? Go ahead. I need like a Japanese game show. Oh, we have yeah. lots of those. Yeah, yeah we have plenty of. Yeah, Japanese my, game shows are always trying to kill people on those things. My favorite is the one about the burrito. 
Oh, yes, green burrito. Green burrito, that's Which was a very favorite. simple little... I'll bring that one back. I'll bring it back for all you guys. <laughs> Thanks request. What a yeah. guy. Best yeah. of. Is that late the best great. of. All right, heading into the weekend, March. Pretty nice. Uh, yeah, March is uh, coming in like a lamb, in my opinion, even though it's still below seasonal. Lots of sunshine. Tomorrow, though, a little bit more cloud. And for those of you in the Fraser Valley, because of that Arctic front, you'll see some strong outflow winds. So wind chills close to minus 10. But the sun is out. That's good. It's yeah. been three weeks since we've been able to roll mini rugby, but we're going to do it on Sunday, which okay. is good with uh, Rugby Canada. Thanks for watching, folks. Beautiful sunset. Good night, all.